morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for today? Uh, I am thankful for so many things. Firstly, look outside. Yes. It's raining. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. This is such an answer to prayer. Yes. Oh, man. And and also, on top of that, not only is it raining here, I'm part of like a Facebook group called Subtle Christian Traits, and it's like about how people subtly evangelize to their friends and, you know, publicly, and that that is like really, really cool. And there was a lot of people calling for prayer to the fire-affected areas, you know, because of the catastrophic conditions. Globally. This is a global movement of prayer that has been happening Mm. right around the world. And I remember... There's been several countries uh, like Romania and places like that that have literally prayed around the clock for Australia. Yeah, it's amazing. Why aren't we hearing more about this in mainstream media? I know. And here it's raining. I know. It's raining here. I remember um, it came up someone like, like after all this prayer that was going on when someone like announced on the page like, oh, in Malakuta, which was, you know, the worst affected area by the fires over the weekend. It's like, oh, the temperatures just dropped to 16 degrees out of nowhere. And it was like this whole thing of how God was working. So, yeah, you know, powerful stuff happening. We need a lot more prayer. We need a lot more rain. Mm -hmm. We need a lot more change in the weather. There's a long way to go yet, yeah. but we can praise God for what we have. Yeah, 100%. What are you grateful for, Lyle? Uh, I was going to be... I, I, okay, so I am grateful for um, corrugated iron roofs <laughs> right now. Cause, is it because of the noise they make yes. when they get rained on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I see, I'm hearing this sound on the roof that I haven't heard since, like, what, July? <laughs> and it's just amazing. Oh, that is. There's nothing like a corrugated iron roof, uh, particularly one that's you know close to the ceiling, and it starts to rain. It's just bliss. It's the best oh. noise. It's like a white noise machine. It's the best white noise ever. You can just, you can just, oh, you can sleep just blissfully. <laughs> This is a reminder, you're listening to the Delayed Broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Keep it coming. Anyway, coming up in the news section today, we're going to be talking about China. We're going to be talking about the fires and record temperatures. Love is patient and kind, love does not envy or boast, it is not arrogant, it does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth, but rejoices with Love bears all things 
Welcome back, guys. That was, uh, what was that? The Corner Room? That was The Corner Room. Yeah. With Movement 2. Movement 2, 1 Corinthians <laughs> 13, yeah. 4 to 10. That's right. Banger. <laughs> I don't know why they call it Movement 2. That makes no sense to me, but I know nothing about music, so that's okay. All the people who really? know things about music will understand what Movement 2 means. I know what 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 10 means. Oh, yeah? Yes. It's the love chapter. It's it amazing. Is. It is incredible. It's all, all right. about charity. It is. <laughs> True. In the in the King James, it's all That's about right. tra- charity. charity. Oh man, I, lo- I just love that so much. I was talking with my sister on the weekend. We we're making like, I was telling her about all like the King James like kind of memes and jokes and and laughs and you know how it asserts its dominance over all the other Bibles and just, just really because funny. it is dominant. <laughs> what are you yeah, even talking like, about? Like, why why it, question this? Because you know it was the Bible that the Apostle Paul used. No, the Apostle James used. No, that's actually a load of rubbish. But yeah. anyway, everybody's... <laughs> like, it's a meme. It's it was a... the one and only thing that King James, the British king, ever did that anybody even re- remembers about him. Yeah. And it was a stroke of genius. It was. It, it was, was. It was fantastic. Yeah. Don't get me started it. on it. I will tell you all day about the King James Version. <laughs> okay, what book am I? Now we're, we're going to a book that's inside the Bible that would be inside the King James Bible, would yes. be inside a lot of Bibles, hopefully. All Bibles, hopefully. What uh, book am I? The author of this book was so grieved with Israel's sin that he pulled out his hair from his head and beard. Ooh. I actually knew the answer to this one. I was like, oh, man, you... <laughs> Yep. Okay. What book? Are, what book 
is that. 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text us on 0491 mm-hmm. If you know the answer, Lawson knows the answer. Yes, I do. But that doesn't count. So like, still, I, of course, it doesn't, I know you, the answer. You, yeah, well, that's right. But I but would have known the, the answer. Yeah. You knew the mm-hmm. answer. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't count, so you still still get uh, double prizes. <laughs> are available until I get the answer. All right. Lyle. Yes. They say that failure helps you to learn. Yes. They you don't make mistakes. You don't make anything. Exactly. Yes. But, um, well, well. In that case, um, the University of Arizona have decided to science this concept. They've decided to say, okay, let's apply apply some science to this and see what the sweet spot of failure actually is in comparison to success. So you're learning the optimum amount of what you need to learn. Okay. So they've, All right. they've gone like, like how much... Wasn't it Thomas Edison who discovered a thousand ways not to like a, make a light bulb until he made one? Sure. Um, but these guys, they've just said like, okay, we're going to run some simulations and we're going to see what the optimum amount of like, they basically, cause they initially started as like, oh, well, if you're just hundred percent successful at something, um, are you learning anything? And they found in the end that if you're just continually a hundred percent successful in something, well, then you're never in a condition where you can learn anything because you're doing things that you already know. So there needs right. to be some level of failure, but working out that sweet spot is what they tried to do. That that was the goal that they were tasked with. They were like, okay, how much failure um, do we need to be learning the optimum amount? You know, what, how difficult should something be so that we can fail enough to then learn as much as we possibly can? And so they did this by they, they got uh, a couple different computers and they run sa- some simulations in those computers with some different tests and and it might be, you know, identifying words that were written or or identifying patterns that were, you know, on a piece of paper or what whatever it may be. And all of the tests were at different difficulties to the point where the computers, like if it was like a 100, like they could make it difficult enough to where the computers just really struggled to figure it out or not at all, or really easy to where the computers could just... um you know, figure it out immediately. And it was just like 100% accuracy every time. And they, you know, they'd set up this, you know, they'd written code for this AI program that would learn from its mistakes as it went through each time. And they set a particular, they went through and they set different difficulties to see, okay, what was the sweet spot to where the computer's learning as much as it possibly can? And what number do you think that is, Lyle? I have really no idea. This is just, this is just... A new world. Yeah, it is. It is. Does it acu- a computer equate to, hu- to a human? I don't know. Um, tell me, what is the number? Well, I, th- I think, you know, they're looking at it, I guess, uh, principally. And they found in the end that if you have a specific, you know, a circumstance in which the computer would be 85% correct and 15% incorrect, it was learning a maximum amount. It was learning as much as it possibly could um, so 15% of everything you, sh- you do should be a mistake. Yes. But in that way, you're learning as much as you possibly can. Okay. If you, if you're, if you're, cool. if you Next have, time I stuff up, I was just like, hey, this is, this uh, is my 15%. This is my required Is this a part of my quota? Like- part of my quota. I'm, I'm, I'm improving here. <laughs> this was not actually a mistake. It was the correct thing to do because 
Yeah, because see that what that does is it eliminates mistakes. There's no such thing as a mistake. Mm. It's just another way of learning. Mm. It's a it's an advantage because you are learning something. Yeah, and I feel <laughs> man, you sound like those like the business expert dudes who like Try run sell. seminars and they're I thought, like, I thought I was why sick. isn't your small business thriving? Well, it's because you're not taking enough chances and you're not making enough mistakes. I thought I was saying like one of these school teachers where nobody loses, everybody's a winner, everyone gets a prize. <laughs> There's no failure. Which is nothing you more just than gotta child abuse. Getting this. back up. Oh man, that's awesome. Okay, real quick, let's let's move on. Next story. Yes, oh, we're just we're just firing these things out. Okay, next. But this is this does come back to one of the. Uh, it does come back to raising children. Sorry, I butted in, but nah, I just fine. jumped into my head because we went through this culture, you know, for the last uh, ten years or so, maybe fifteen years, where nobody's a loser because you know you never lose at anything, and nobody ever gets to make mistakes, and it stunted children's growth, mm. and they became precious little snowflakes that you know can't like handle me. anything, like Lawson, <laughs> and. Um, and it 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 trained children how not to be successful in the world and how not to be able to handle reality. Mm. Yeah, but it's interesting. Like the point of this study is 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 not that nothing is a mistake. It's that we need to make mistakes. We need That's to right. put ourselves absolutely into yes circumstances. And if difficult that is enough. the case, then we need to let our children make. Epic mistakes mm. at times, and and that's the thing. Like, they're never going to grow. The you know the steeper the learning curve is, there's ultimately like a point where the learning curve is too steep to like grasp conceptually, and you can't make it over the mountain. But yep. there needs to be some I've hit that curve steep... a few times. Yeah, <laughs> it's like okay, this is just too much. But there needs to be some level of steepness, and they found it eighty five percent. There you go to where to where okay, we're actually learning as much as we possibly can, yet succeeding. In what we, need I wanted to, to hear about your other story. I butted in, in on that. Okay, one. that's fine. Um, next story. This comes out of Newick. The University of Newcastle has done a test where they have confirmed something that we've known for a while, but they've put some uh, level of um, uh, methodology to it, and they found some. They found some things that can help. They've basically found that type two diabetes is is preventable and reversible which is something that we've already known. But they've found a method in which we can do that, and they're calling it the ultimate soup diet. So basically, they got a bunch of different patients um, who had, you know, type 2 diabetes, advanced type 2 diabetes, and they put them on this soup diet where it was very, very, not only very low calorie, but, you know, very, very healthy and um, and whatnot. And uh, basically, a third of the patients over two years of sticking to this diet had completely reversed their type 2 diabetes. And the other two thirds of the patients, their type 2 diabetes went into remission after one year and was continually in remission after two years. There you go. So basically, like this is something we've been saying for a while. There's oh, been of course. A lot Type of things, 2 is a choice. Uh, there's a lot of things that people have been advocating for. You know, I guess the misconception is like like we knew that it was a choice that you got type 2 diabetes from doing the wrong thing. But then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, now it's irreversible and I'm stuck here. And it's yeah, like, no, that's and I just need to take medication the rest of my life. Nope. What this is saying is that it's completely reversible. And there's been a lot of things that people have been advocating people for. Have, people have been saying this for the last 20 odd years. Yeah. That uh, type two is completely irreversible, and now they're just actually scientifically demonstrating what everybody's been saying for a very, very long time: that living with type two is a choice. Mm. It's a lifestyle choice. You you can choose to live with it or choose to live without it. It's mm. it's up to you. 
Yeah, fully. And I would say it would be a good idea to choose to live without it. You will live longer. You will keep your toes and your feet and um, have a healthier life and won't have to be constantly injecting yourself, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But it is going to take severe determination. Mm. You're going to have to make massive lifestyle changes. Like follow a soup diet. Yeah, And that's what these guys have done. And it works. So that is awesome. This is the Harper family with King's Ransom. The note was clear, the price was high, sin was found, and I must die, unless by grace the price was paid, and at his feet the note was laid. was gone How could it be That a sinless life Could ransom me Well I was not worth What it would cost And would this king pay For the lost And what great love Set me free He traded heaven For sinners plead A king's ransom was paid for me well, My chains are gone And I am free Jesus paid Dead for me Well I'm so amazed And by his sweet grace That the king of glory Took my place And what great love That Christ my king Would give himself To set me free Traded heaven for sinners' plea. A king's ransom was paid for me. And what great love that Christ my King would give Himself to set me free. For He traded heaven. Sinners plead A king's ransom was paid for me He traded heaven just for me A king's ransom was paid for me That was the Harper family with King's Ransom right here on Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz. Lawson, give it to us. Okay, I... No. 
That was the wrong thing. Okay, <laughs> what book am I? The first two verses of this book are virtually the same as the last two verses of this of the book that precedes it. Oh wow! I have no idea that on that one. I have way less. I have an idea on that one than I do the first one. The first one, my brain tells me you should know this. Uh, the second one, my brain tells me. What on earth? That is that is like legit Bible trivia right there. This serious Bible the, trivia. The last like, two what? verses of the previous book. I wonder if they're speaking chronologically or probably not. They're probably uh, I'm going to look this up as soon as I books. find out what it is. Okay. Anyway, if you know the answer, one eight hundred three two four eight four three is the number to call or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Lawson, what is happening around the world in more serious subjects? Okay, what we should talk Tell about us. first. Okay, Tell uh, us. Over the weekend. Um, did, w- were you hot on Saturday? Oh, yeah. I was, I was pretty warm, eh? I was up the front preaching some fire. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, got, got pretty pretty hot and sweaty. Did the air conditioners uh, kept going? Yeah, they did. You were oh, blessed. we were so blessed. I heard it, I heard it Warner's Bay Church, the air, con- air con went down. Oof. And, um, Oof. <laughs> yeah, Boris was working up a sweat. <clears throat> but anyway, um, yeah, records toppled right across New South Wales um, with uh, Penrith in Western Sydney, the hottest place on the entire planet. What did they hit? 48.9. Wow. <laughs> I, look, I looked out on my back porch and it was hitting at uh, 46, 47. I thought, yeah. oh, that's pretty hot. Dude. But uh, Penrith, 48.9. That's like Middle East kind of temperatures Gnarly. right there. And hottest place on earth. In fact, the top 10 hottest places on earth were all, all in Australia. Yeah, dude, the terrace, bro, was like 46 degrees. Yeah, I know, and that's oh. like near the ocean. <laughs> it was the hottest. It was the hottest temperature for Raymond Terrace. They they broke a record, mm. um, all time record. So yeah, yeah, temperatures toppling all over the place, which of course was not good for the fires, as we mm. uh, as we know. And we need to keep that situation in our prayers. Uh, we do have an interview coming up in just a moment. Another interview from from uh, somebody who is preparing for the approach of those fires right now uh, about some of the things that they are doing in preparation for that. So stay tuned for our. Our uh, interview. Anyway, moving around the... Oh, no, no, let's stay with the fires for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there has been a whole bunch of fundraising going on and some really yeah. good ones. Oh, um, so, Celeste, so, so New Year's Eve, they had a New Year's Eve fundraiser for, um, for the fires and raised $2 million on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. which is actually kind of nothing in comparison with what Celeste Barber has raised. Yes. So she started on, on, on Friday... Uh, she's, uh, for those of you who don't know her, a uh, famous Australian comedian. And since Friday, she's raised more than $30 million. I saw it. Dollars. I was all over Facebook. Like That is nuts. Hectic. That is nuts. That is awesome. And, and it really does bring out that, you know, in times of crisis like this, mm. it brings out the best in people. It does, we understand, bring out the worst in people. And that's why we have people running around lighting fires. But it does show that these kind of uh, terrible people doing terrible things are a small minority of the population. And the majority of the population are in there to, you know, to do what they can to mm. work hard and to help people out. Yeah, that is awesome. So, yeah, uh, amazing things happening. All right. So we should talk about China. Um, China for 2020. Where's China at in 2020? I mean, this is this is like the uh, the big rogue state, and they've yeah. gone full rogue. Yeah, uh, in our world, 
They have managed to uh, have agents who have infiltrated the United States and Australia. They are unashamedly, unashamedly engineering their population. Um, they're building clones um, and killer AI drones, <laughs> um, which see, they are now selling overseas. Did you see their uh, their um, their New Year's Eve celebration? No, I didn't. They didn't, didn't have fireworks. Oh, really? Yeah, they just used drones instead, and they like all the drones like lit up and made fireworks, like fake light fireworks. That's nuts. Which was the technology crazy. in China is like, just insane. Which was kind of lame though, because I went to the fireworks on New Year's Eve, and it's just the best. Because like usually Things I'm are like, exploding. I'm What's like, not good oh, about man, that? I'm over fireworks, but man, when those big ones hit, oh, and, and there's that, that noise in your chest, in your chest oh, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. oh, it's just the best. And uh, but yeah, just the stuff that's going on over there is crazy. See, women go to fireworks because they're pretty. Men go to fireworks because stuff is being blown up. Like, legit, you're just waiting for the big one. It's uh-huh. just like that big noise that just, like, poof, just hits you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's, it's an addiction. It's amazing. <laughs> um, so, these, these, these uh, robots that they're building have uh, artificial intelligence and they have reflexes that are, like, a thousand times sharper than any human being will ever mm. have. And these are killer robots. They're exporting them to the Middle East. Surprise, surprise. That's going to make the world a better place, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, mate, all the stuff that's going on there at the moment. Uh, world War Three? Question mark. Ooh, we'll see. They're, they're, uh, they've cra- trained soldier dogs, so military dogs, and they're cloning them like crazy. <laughs> I, this, wait, is, this is China for 2020. I thought Russia was already doing that. But, yeah, Russia's uh, probably doing China, that. Well, China's but. getting on the, the bandwagon too. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and their, their intention, of course, is to just brush the US aside as they waltz past in the world mm-hmm. and just completely sideline it. There are cracks starting to show in China, of course. The demographic is aging. Uh, the one-child policy has created a massive surplus of men who will never get married. Mm. Um, they are suffering from drought. Swine flu has uh, wiped out their pretty much their population of, uh, of uh, pigs. Uh, mortgages are exploding. The economy is choking. Um, Hong Kong is in full rebellion. Taiwan yeah. is not far behind Kong, Kong, Hong Kong. Pollution is off the charts. And this is an interesting one because there's a lot of talk in Australia about how um, you know the government hasn't done anything about climate change and therefore we have fires. That's actually rubbish. <laughs> um, the reason that we have pollution in our world is because of China. Um, China, if if Australia stopped producing any pollution, think about this for a moment. Let's say that we didn't have a single car on the road, we didn't have any coal-fired power stations. We actually went to zero pollution, you know, for a day tomorrow. Yep, zero pollution. Um, we would, we would, uh, that would uh, be about twenty. We would save about twenty-four hours worth of China's pollution that they're pumping out. So you know, if if Australia did do that, it would actually have. Zero effect on the climate. Hmm. But, Lyle, yes. in saying that, does yes. that mean that we should no, do nothing? that does not mean that we should do nothing. <laughs> Anything that we do to make our world a better place and a cleaner place is always positive. Yes. Um, and so I... But we have to point the finger successfully. <laughs> at, China. It, at China. At <laughs> China. Anyway, uh, where are we up to? Pollution's off the charts. Um, they are successfully gene editing babies, and the idea is to, um, you know, to, to to create a utopian society by gene editing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've actually got plans for that. They have uh, um, they've actually produced the first uh, 
human monkey cross breed? No, they have. Really? Uh, Muslims are being thrown into concentration camps and being sterilized. There's a lot of... Oh, hypersonic missiles. So these uh, in the past were impossible to build because they simply melt at the speed that they're traveling at, but these are built to target space and to be able to wipe out satellites. Of course, there's, you know, thousands or millions of satellites floating around our world, and as soon as you start wiping those out, then space is going to be filled with hypersonic debris, which is going to wipe out, you know, all satellites. Mm. So it's kind of been an off-the-limits kind of area, but... It could make our world a very different place if we no longer had satisfies. And all of this is being done to provide energy resources for a country that is just massively energy hungry. Mm. So there's a there's a little snapshot of one rogue country that we have in our world right now, and in effect, what we have is a sign of the times. Yeah. It just tells us that you know our world has gone to pot, and Jesus is definitely going to be coming back very, very soon. You look at you look at uh, you know stories like this, and you just notice that you, you, because Russia is not far behind China, mm. and they're into all of the same things. And then you have you know Iran sort of getting in a, in a strife, who is allied to Russia uh, with the United States, and it sort of it does make you wonder where are we headed. The Bible tells us where we're headed. We're headed to the return of Jesus Christ. I was a prisoner. Guilty of every crime, but you took my place and you did my time. How oh, can I thank you? Thank you, Lord, my broken heart. You have. Can I thank you, thank you, Lord? You give me grace I cannot afford. I was an enemy, you made me a guest. You spread the table. Can I 
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia. Joining us on the phone this morning is Darren Higgins. Darren, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Now, Darren, uh, I particularly wanted to talk to you this morning because uh, of, obviously, the bushfire threat uh, this weekend, massive fires right around Australia. You're in an area that is facing imminent threat from an enormous bushfire, uh, down in Kangaroo Valley, and uh, I'm just wondering if you can give us a bit of a picture of the size of the fire front that is bearing down on your property at the moment, or the property that you're involved in at the moment. Yes, um, well, the fire uh, has already burned out about over 260,000 hectares. Uh, the fire front is approximately 30 to 40 kilometres uh, wide, and uh, it's heading north slowly through the National Park at uh, Morton National Park, uh, and it's about uh, 25 kilometres away from um, Kangaroo Valley presently. And what is the message that you're getting from the um, from the, the, the firefighting services at the moment in relationship to your property? Oh, in Kangaroo Valley, the advice is uh, watch and act, um, monitor conditions, uh, follow your you know bushfire survival plans, and know what to do if, if, uh, and when to leave. Uh, yeah, that's that's what we're being told to do. A lot of um, a lot of businesses have closed down. Um, all the caravan parks, holiday units, um, bed and breakfast, they've all sent people home. So all non-essential people have already left the valley. Now, what about the property that you're on? You're on a property called uh, Cedarvale, and I want to talk a little bit about um, that actual property and what it, and what goes on there, because obviously you have, uh, well, <laughs> you do have guests uh, that stay on that property. Um, but first of all, what kind of property is this? How how much land is there at Cedarvale? Oh, Cedarvale, uh, <coughs> Cedarvale's on approximately 150 acres. Uh, it overlooks the Kangaroo Valley on the 
side of the escarpment. And it's a, it's a picturesque rainforest property. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a health and lifestyle retreat situated yeah, in, in a rainforest. Normally it's very wet and conditions are quite um, fireproof, but at the moment in the drought it's uh, tinder dry. Historically our rainforests here in Australia don't burn. <clears throat> are you expecting that your rainforest environment will provide any protection as this fire pr- approaches? Well, normally, yeah, normally it would um, in a wet forest. It would, but at the moment, it's 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 tinder dry like everything else. It's it's extremely dry. It's, it's the driest anyone has it in memory, living memory. Has there ever been a fire on this property before a bushfire? Um, yes, apparently uh, in parts of it about thirty years ago, um, there there was a fire that came um, uh, from the same direction and threatened the property. And at that time, the property um, was, was saved. And you're there with uh, a couple of your sons and a bit of a team. What what does your bushfire plan look like? What kind of um, what, what what are you working on now as the fire approaches? Well, fire requires heat, oxygen, and fuel. And the one that we can control is fuel fuel load. So right now we've been preparing. Um, we have a window of time as the fire front approaches to reduce the fuel load around the dwellings, houses, uh, you know, clear the roofs, gutters, and um, put places in, uh, strategies in place to um, evacuate when, when that may become necessary. For sure. Now... You mentioned earlier that Cedarvale is a lifestyle health retreat. What exactly is that? Can you just tell us a little bit about what you do there at Cedarvale? Yeah, okay. Um, lifestyle, yeah, it's a health and lifestyle retreat. It's been operating for over 27 years now. Uh, it was started by a team of nurses and doctors and various um, people who have worked here over that time. It's um, located uh, about 90 minutes south of Sydney and... It's a holistic lifestyle centre where guests come here they live and they live in for a period of time and go through a program focusing on a holistic um, medicine um, using natural therapies, education, food, nutrition, exercise, um, massage, hydrotherapy, uh, <laughs> And, um, yeah, cooking classes, a whole range of, of natural approach to improve health and lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you have guests currently staying there at the moment? Well, we were up until uh, 24 hours ago. Um, our um, team here decided that once um, the fire front crossed the Shoalhaven River that it was time for guests to leave in, in line with other businesses in the Kangaroo Valley. Um, non-essential people should leave and that happened uh, two nights ago um, there's not much stopping the fire between here and um, where it is currently except for the Shoalhaven River and um, so that was our um, our signal for the guests to leave yes unfortunately the guest program shut down mm. and for yourself personally and the team that is staying back to um, you know do hazard reduction and so forth um, at what point 
do you leave? Yeah, okay. Well, we followed the advice of the Rural Fire Service very closely um, and we um, keep up to date with uh, any changing in conditions. It really depends, yeah, how fast and the fire front approaches. The weather's a major factor, wind conditions and weather, so we keep a close eye on the weather. Um, yeah, we we obviously not going to put ourselves in danger, but um, but we do need a presence on the property just to um, keep doing preparations whenever we have time, and um, if, if and when the um, fire front approaches into a to a um, you know, dangerous level, it depends on the speed of it or quite a few factors. But um, we won't be putting ourselves in personal danger. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And with um, with the, with with the fire, you know, uh, uh, approaching and so forth, um, you know, for yourself personally, um, you know, personal safety, that kind of thing, and obviously your possessions. How do you prepare spiritually for something like that, as a person of faith? As a person of faith, well, that's a good question. I, it's a fairly simple thing for me. Um, yeah, I believe that, that God is a God that loves us and cares for us and that can be trusted with our care. And so I guess it's a relationship that we, we you develop with God. He, he loves us enough that, you know, he sent his son Jesus to die for us. And so my response to that is to, to respond to that love and, and show him love. And I follow what he says in his word and to me it's time spent with God and I guess experiences where God has protected me in the past um, and in Psalms 91 that's probably my favorite Psalms for this type of situation um, you know, God has promised to deliver us um, in Psalms 91 verse 14 it says because he has set his love upon me Therefore, I will deliver him. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. Verse 15, I will deliver him in trouble. Um, so, yeah, uh, God's promised to deliver us from these things that um, come upon us suddenly. And I've experienced that personally because my family and I were working in a health retreat similar at Narbathong, Victoria, in February 2009 when the um, Black Saturday bushfire came through. Mm. And... Um, there was no official warning for that. It it just catastrophic firestorm came through that valley around 100 kilometres an hour, uh, and our property was under threat. Um, and and within two kilometres of our boundary of that health retreat we were working in, um, just like the Red Sea, God stopped it straight, a black line through, uh, and t- and a mighty wind came around, turned around from the south, and you know, blew it back. Yeah. So I've experienced deliverance and. And so God is a God I, I can trust. Mm-hmm. And that story from that property in Narbathong has, um, yeah, really been a, an incredibly powerful testimony. You know, ever since then of, of of how God acted to to save that particular fire. Yes, our immediate neighbours um, thanked us so much. They said because of your trust in God and, and your property, we were also saved. <laughs> so yeah, it was a good testimony. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, just uh, one other question, which is um, sort of getting back to what we were talking about earlier. Obviously, living there in Kangaroo Valley, 
is one of the most scenic places in Australia. The Cedarvale property is one of the most scenic spots in that valley, um, which is why there's a health retreat there because it's just, you know, people just love to go there and to, you know, to relax in that kind of an environment. Obviously, you've got, you know, incredibly strict council restrictions on what you can and can't do in scenic areas like that. Does the council give you any kind of leeway at a time like this to, you know, to clear the bush back, to do hazard reduction, to, um, you know, to cut down trees if necessary and those kind of things? Well, yeah, certainly on your, on, on, on rural properties, you are allowed to, uh, I would say, do minor tree falling and hazard reduction around your property. Um, there are no um, problems with that. Uh, it's um, encouraged, <laughs> yeah, actually it's encouraged to, to, to do that immediately around your property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, that, and that's good news because I think in the past that hasn't always been the case. Um, yeah. And it's good to see that councillors are waking up to the fact that you know, fire is a tremendous threat and cost to the entire community. Uh, Darren, just want to thank you so much for joining us on the phone. We want to wish you all the best as the fire approaches and uh, we wish you God's yeah. blessing. Our prayers will be with you down there at Cedarvale and we look forward to uh, to hearing how uh, how things progress from this particular point. Yes, if, thank you very much. If, every, if, your, if your listeners could um, join with us and pray for rain, that's our, our big need at the moment very dry. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's all pray for rain and let's pray for the bushfire situation. Pray for the fires right around Australia at this particular yeah. time. And uh, yeah, we're going to have to move on with the show. So we'll be back after this song and we'll be back with Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM.
my name is Pastor BJ, and I'd like to invite you to join us at Bunbury Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are a vibrant church community that meets every Sabbath at 9.30am for Bible study, followed by a worship service at 11am. There are a number of groups that meet throughout the week where we eat, share and study the Bible together, including groups for families and young people. For more information, please contact me on 0422-896-553. That's 0422-896-553. What comes to mind when you think of studying nursing? Practical experience? A rewarding career? Great employment prospects? When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So 